0: Daily with Jason Martinez. Another win, two points, Morgan Frost, Chris Pronger, and episode 15 of Flyers Daily. Let's go. Hey, 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 hey. All righty, and welcome to episode number 15 of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Uh, Quick thank you, by the way, to everybody uh, leaving ratings and reviews on uh, Flyers Daily. I appreciate it a ton. If you haven't left a rating and review and you like it, leave us a good one. If you don't like it, well, maybe just don't even leave one at all. But nonetheless, thank you, everybody, for listening. We're having a blast doing this, bringing you what we can every day. The ebbs and flows of this season from the heartbreaking loss to the Devils to the bounce-back monster win against the Washington Capitals and a 7-2 drubbing to another win against the Florida Panthers on Monday night and a very important two points in the standings. What a game it was at the Wells Fargo Center. It was the return of Carter Hart. He made 30 saves on 31 shots And once he settled in after the first seven or eight minutes of the game, he looked just like the flawless Carter Hart that we've come to know and gotten to see on many occasions. His movements looked good. It didn't seem like he had to shake off any rust beyond that first five or seven minutes of the game. He looked crisp. He was square to the puck. He made difficult saves look easy because that's what he does that's the hallmark of his game he puts himself in the right position so he absorbs shots in the logo in the belly and his positioning tonight was flawless His reads were good, and that's a great sign for the Flyers. They survived without Carter Hart because of great goaltending by Brian Elliott and some good performance by Alex Lyon in there in that Colorado game in particular. But it's great to have Carter Hart back, and he was a big part of the win tonight. Flyers with a dominant performance over the Florida Panthers. 4-1 is your final on that Monday evening game. Uh, Flyers go down, give up the first goal of the game, just 3.07 into the game, but that's all Florida would get. Flyers the rest of the way, Ivan Provorov with an absolutely sick, sick high-glove snipe of Sergey Bobrovsky kind of fading away as he's kind of drifting backwards. Shoots that puck, by the way, across his body uh, to the high-glove spot uh, over uh, uh, Bob, and that tied the score. Then JVR, the recipient of a fantastic play by Jake Voracek. And um, I can't say enough about this play. I, said, I talked about it in the intermissions and post-game after the Florida game. The thing that Voracek did on that goal by dropping the shoulder and showing shot just it freezes Bobrovsky for that much just a tenth of a second but that's enough to make him lean a little different and not get the same explosion to move to what was Bobrovsky's left his glove hand side to be able to get that puck uh, on a great pass from Voracek James Van Riemsdyk deflects it in behind Bob. That turns into your game winner. And then Travis Sanheim, who picks up his sixth goal in eight games against Sergei Bobrovsky. He's like the Bob killer. It's amazing. But uh, Travis Sanheim picks up his eighth goal of the season, and again, his sixth against Bob. And then Claude Giroux with a backhand bomb to the empty net after a scramble in front and that gives the flyers the 4-1 win the two points not only that it's important because it was two points it was in regulation and no no loser point for florida and you go well florida's in the atlantic division doesn't mean that much well that's baloney because Florida's one of those teams that if they're not in the top three in the uh, Atlantic division, they're another team battling for one of these wild card spots, which the Flyers hold right now, wild card number two. But we'll get to that in a second, because the scoreboard on Monday night, there's a couple of games we have to look at in particular. First of all, the Coyotes went in and beat the the Canadiens and that's just a horrible loss for the Canadians. They got The Coyotes have not been playing well really since December 17th in the addition of Taylor Hall. But still, um, the Canadians lose that game. But the games that we really keep an eye on here tonight, the Islanders were in D.C. to take on the Caps. And I thought the Caps would come out and with a really strong bounce-back performance. They, they got raced. They got boat raced again here. 5-3, the Islanders beat the Capitals in D.C. And Braden Holpe has not been good for that team. So they, they don't start Holpe in this game. They go to, I guess, what you would term as the backup goaltender uh, there in Washington. Uh, but he's been better than Holpe, So, uh, But it doesn't seem to matter. Samsonov got lit up for five goals in this game as well on just 20 shots. Something's going on right now in D.C. They're not playing their best hockey. But the Islanders come away with the two points and a 5-3 win. And then... What I always dread happens, and I talk about it ad nauseum. I'm sorry, people. But the Lightning end up beating the Blue Jackets, but they do it in overtime. So the Blue Jackets get that stupid loser point. Now, I know the Flyers get the stupid loser point sometimes too, but that doesn't mean I'd still be in favor of eliminating. You shouldn't get anything for a loss. But Columbus, a 2-1 loss at home. They've now lost two straight, by the way. And uh, they get the 2-1 loss at home, but they do pick up a point. So what does that mean for the standings on this night? We'll talk about what's going to come up tomorrow night, but what it means as— you know, we're here on Tuesday now, is that the Flyers have wild card number two. They're two points ahead of Carolina, and they're five points ahead of Florida, who they played tonight. That's why tonight was such a big game. When you talk about that battle for the wild card spot, Florida's got one game in hand on the Flyers, but they're now five points back. Now, if Florida gets the two points tonight and the Flyers don't, then... Florida is just a point back of the Flyers. Huge difference. Monster game tonight. Uh, monster game against Florida, and the Flyers will take the win. Carolina with that 67 points. They have one game in hand on the Flyers as well. But with that 69 points, Flyers one back of Columbus and have a game in hand on Columbus. Um, and then they are one back of the New York Islanders, who have two games in hand on the Flyers. But the Flyers play the New York Islanders tonight. So you had a huge game on Monday night against Florida. Double meaningful game. And now you got another one coming up tonight against the Isles. The Flyers can get a win tonight. Boy, that would just be absolutely huge. And the the Islanders coming off a 5-3 win in D.C. Flyers coming off a 4-1 win at home. It's going to be a big night this Tuesday night in the National Hockey League. Um, Also... Coming up on this episode, we're going to talk to Morgan Frost. The Flyers center recently called up, and since he's been called back up, Flyers 2-0, we'll see if he sticks with the team, too. It's going to be interesting when Joel Farabee gets back on the ice, and that could be as early as tonight. He's been dealing with the flu, has been practicing the last two days. We'll see if Farabee comes back and what that means for Frost. Here's what I know. The Flyers love having Claude Giroux on the wing. That much I know. So Frost is the center. That probably helps his case. But who do you send down? I'll tell you who you can't send down. You can't send down Nicholas Albeku cubell He's got to go through waivers. And if you try to send Nicholas Albeku cubell down now, he's not going to clear waivers. Somebody's going to grab him. So it's a good problem to have, but uh, that helped. That also obviously will go into the decision on who goes back down to the Phantoms once you get uh, Joel Farabee healthy. It's a shame because Farby prior to being out with the flu, was playing – incredible hockey his best hockey of the season we'll see if he can pick right off where he left off as well now also on this episode we're going to hear from nhl hall of famer former flyer former nars trophy winner former mvp matter of fact in the 99 2000 season he won the Hart trophy it's chris pronger and he's the last nhl defenseman to win the heart he won the Hart and the NARS together. They're going to be retiring his number in St. Louis coming up in a couple weeks. And uh, he'll join us here on Flyers Daily. Had a chance to catch up with him before the game, now working for Florida in an executive position. So uh, always great conversation with Chris Pronger, And you, I reference it in the interview. He's the only guy after Patrick Kane scored that game six overtime winner to win the Cup that came out and spoke on the air with me that night. I know guys are shattered. I know it's a tough ask. But Chris Pronger, always been a great leader, and he's a guy that came out and spoke with me on the air about that loss at that time. I'll have to see if I can dig that audio up at some point and feature parts of it here. Uh, I don't know that anybody wants to go back and relive that, but I always appreciated that Pronger did that. It was great to see him tonight, and great to see that, first and foremost, that he is doing well physically And uh, with which uh, was a very grueling career for him and a a tough way to end it back in 2012. So we'll talk to Chris Pronger coming up in a bit. But let's get to Morgan Frost right now. Uh, Flyers get the win tonight. Frost out there centering uh, that third line once again. I thought he played really well tonight. His skating looks great. Floats on the ice. He's moving his feet much more. And I caught up with him right after the Florida game. We're here on Flyers Daily after the Flyers defeat the Florida Panthers with Flyers center Morgan Frost. Morgan, uh, how's it feel to be back up, and uh, certainly getting wins is, uh, makes it a little bit more enjoyable.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know definitely nice second call up, and um, you know obviously NHL is where I want to be playing. So um, yeah, really excited about that, and for the two games we've played really well and, and got wins, so um, that's a bonus. Yeah
0: being up for a little bit, going back down and knowing what to expect when you get back up makes a difference for a lot of players. What did you go work on when you were down with the Phantoms and has it paid dividends in how you view these games uh, since you've been back up? Yeah, I think um,
1: you know just a lot of little details, working on playing the pro game um, trying to learn as much as I can I think it's been a process for me all year coming from junior and um, you know playing a, b- a bit more of a soft and skilled game and um, yeah, just, just keep learning and uh, just the little things, nothing uh, nothing specific.
0: Do you find at this level, at the NHL level, that there is the little things can't be overlooked at all because if you overlook them, then you're in real trouble at this level because they get exposed.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, best league in the world, so uh, you've got to make sure you're sharp. And uh, Yeah, like you said, um, little details are obviously huge and really important. I think you can get away with you know, some stuff in junior that you obviously can't get away with up here, even in the AHL, so um, yeah, I mean... I I always say the same thing, kind of reiterate it, but it's just working on, um, you know, being a better pro and uh, learning the pro game.
0: It's certainly one of those things that coaches, the the devil's in the details at the NHL level. Um, Let's talk about this team being in the situation that they're in with this playoff race. It is so tight. You guys are all aware of the situation, how tight it is in the Eastern Conference. It's almost a playoff atmosphere. Do you sense that when you come back up? Yeah, I mean,
1: um, it's obviously really intense and everyone knows that uh, we're kind of battling up here and... um, yeah, I mean, I think no matter where you are in the NHL, it's, it's an important game. But um, I think when you're batting, battling for your playoff spot, it kind of even raises that intensity even more. And, um, you know, wins aren't easy to come by. So you've got to work as hard as you can and, and bring it every night to
0: get them. Uh, the veteran guys on this team, you know, when young players come back up, uh, they take them under the wing. They help them. What do the guys tell you when you came back up? Just keep things simple. Play the game that you've been playing your whole life and you love.
1: Yeah, play your game. I think um, it's kind of cliche, but, you know, you don't want to come up here and try and change too many things or, um, you know, play nervous. Just play confident, play your
0: game and um, make sure you're you're working your hardest, moving your feet. Um, who's the one guy that's kind of taking you under his wing? Is there a veteran player? I know you and Joel are very close. He's been out sick the past couple of days, but um, he's a guy you can lead on as well. And he's you know, your same age.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really good buddies, so we kind of talk about everything, and, uh, you know, we're we're kind of going through the same situation here. So, um, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone in particular. I think the whole team's been really great with bringing, uh, you know, myself and Joel and any young guy that comes up or, or is playing on the team under their wing. And, um, yeah, it's been a great experience. I've learned a lot from a lot of the guys. Well,
0: Morgan, you've you shown well here tonight since you called. You're 2-0. That's a good thing, and uh, look forward to uh, watching you come up against the Islanders tonight and look, keep it going. Yeah, thank you very much. There he is, Morgan Frost uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers getting back up into the NHL and boy does he want to stay and sometimes being up in the NHL and then being sent down and getting called back up is exactly what the doctor ordered because you know the parts of your game that you need to improve to be successful at the NHL level. He was a plus one in the game against Florida. He uh played 12 minutes and 55 seconds of ice, and also had a little bit of power play time, three minutes and 23 seconds on the man advantage. And uh, he's an impressive player. Maybe now's not the time when he stays long-term, but he has been impressive for this Flyers team. Let's get to a couple of Twitter questions before we get to uh, Chris Pronger, who I had a chance to speak with before the game tonight. Before we get to Chris Pronger, who I had a chance to speak with before the Florida game. So let's go to uh, Twitter here. And it's Brendan time. And he says, uh, thoughts on the pens adding Zucker and the price paid for him. Now, was Galchenyuk going to pick? Uh, and he said, could that kind of price on a guy like Zucker take the Flyers out of the buyer's market. Well, Jim Rutherford, the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins, is always very aggressive. He always gets in on the market before everybody else. He does it every year. I don't know how he is able to pull off the things that he that he does, but he got himself a good player. We'll see how it pans out in Pittsburgh. Um, but eventually, this credit card bill that Jim Rutherford's been racking up for four years now, you're going to have to pay it. And when they pay it, it's going to be with a lot of interest, if you will. So I don't know that it has any effect on flyers in the buyer's market. I have no idea. Um, I don't think the flyers are looking to deal right now for a couple of reasons. Obviously, the cap situation is very tight. And the other part of it is I, I don't know the status of Nolan Patrick. Now, Nolan Patrick's practiced four days in a row. If you get him back, are you making a deal for another forward or a center? Or do you maybe feel like you have that in, in Morgan Frost? Those, those are questions that we still have a little bit of time to answer. TB Flyer says, if you could only add one type of player at the deadline, what would it be? Uh, it, again, I, these are hard to answer. These, these questions about the trade deadline with this team are very difficult because, A, because of that cap situation, and, B, you don't know the status of Nolan Patrick. Um, Nicole tweets in, at Nicole Lay, I guess that's how you say it, uh, is kevin Hayes single i don't think that he is i don't really get into that on this uh podcast very much but i don't know that he is signal and then jay tweets it and says names you're looking for at the deadline you have any look i don't know who's available right now i don't know what the price is maybe this uh, deal that the penguins made starts to with zucker starts to open up uh, uh those conversations a little bit more i don't know i i if, if I said that I did, I would just be making it up, and that's not how I roll. So, sorry, Jay. I know a lot of people are asking about trade deadline stuff, and I, I, I don't have the information on that at this time. Uh, if some more information comes my way at some point, I would definitely get to it. I appreciate you guys asking, um, but no, I'm not just sure who they're willing to part with right now, who they can part with. What I do know is that if they are going to make a trade, they have to shed money in the deal to fit money because that's the way their cap is right now. All right, let's get to Chris Pronger. He spent uh, parts of three seasons with the Philadelphia Flyers, the draft day trade that brought him here from Anaheim with Lucas Spiza, and, boy, the effect that he had on this team with a lot of young guys like Mike Richards and Jeff Carter, and talking about that 2010 run and much of his career and where the NHL is right now. So here's my conversation with former Flyer and NHL Hall of Famer,
2: Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger joining us with the uh, Florida Panthers now, but it's good to be back in Philadelphia, yeah? It is, yeah. It's uh, good to be back in the old Wells Fargo Center. It's been a while since, uh, since I've been, probably two or three years, but uh, yeah, great to be back, see some people that uh, haven't seen in a while. Uh, you spent some three years here. Your career unfortunately ended here before you'd like.
0: Is that something you still carry around that you didn't get to kind of end it on your own terms?
2: Uh, i don't I don't think I carry that around. I just think uh, I carry around the fact that we weren't able to accomplish what what we set out to do, and you know that's the unfortunate part of of injuries like that when you, you like to think you were a big part of of the team and and our success and you know I think some of the moves were were made and, and built around me being there and uh you know so it was unfortunate and and in how things uh, unfolded but certainly uh uh, I enjoyed my time here in Philly and, and love playing at the Wells Fargo Center in front of the, the fans here. And you're certainly a player that they liked watching. Let's talk about, uh, you, you've had a tremendous amount of accomplishments in
0: 99-2000. You won the NARS. You're the last defenseman in this league to win a Hart Trophy. You've got all the individual accomplishments, the Hall of Fame, a cup. What was it about 2010, that playoff run that made it special?
2: Well, I think the way the team came together, the way you, know, you, you always face adversity and and forks in the road, and and what direction are you going to take, and how are you going to respond to, to different scenarios? And uh, we were able to, to respond the right way, and, and every time we were challenged with something pretty pretty difficult, we uh, we rose to the occasion and overcame it, and and ran out of gas, I think, in the end uh, against Chicago. But um, it was uh, you know it was great to be a part of the, the excitement in the city again, and and to see. Uh, everyone rally around our team and rally around uh you know winning in overtime and and earn a shootout pardon me in in that last game to to make the playoffs and then kind of down
0: three nothing to come back three three
2: nothing against boston to, to do that and then um you know i think it you know we we had a legit shot to to beat chicago uh, game one i think was ours to be had and Um, you know unfortunately we uh, we lost the lead a couple times in that game and you know had we won that first game uh, I do believe that everything would have been a lot different I think that was an 8-7 game if I recall correctly 7-6 maybe it was a high scoring affair (laughs) yeah no no question about it Uh, when you look back
0: on it too at that point in your career you're the elder statesman you were really you had a young team and young leaders on that team but you were a guy that really kind of trying to shape that going forward
2: yeah I think just trying to lead by example and, and, and teach them how to play to win the right way and, and you know there's a learning curve especially for as you said a young group of players that uh, that had some, some success at, at different levels and, and as we know at this level in this league it's so competitive and, and so close that uh, uh, learning how to win is is sometimes the hardest thing to do and once you learn it uh, you continue to have a lot of success. So, um, you know, I think, I think they took a lot out of that, a lot out of the experience and, and going that far. I think had I not been injured that year in 11-12, we had the makings of a really good team and, and really think we had a chance that year. You were always a
0: natural-born leader. After you lose the cup, and you lose in that fashion, it's tough. You lose in overtime on a goal that maybe a lot of people didn't even know went in. <laughs> you were the only guy that came out in the locker room after the game and actually talked and talked to me. You were the only one that came out. Was that important for you to kind of speak to the fans in that
2: moment? Well, I think. Or was it me? Well, you. It was you. I mean, you. You are very. You have a presence about you. It's short, but yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's just you. You got a job to do. Just like you know, it's it's entertainment that people want to know how you're feeling and what you're doing, whether it's good or bad. Um, you know, I think I was very open and honest with with the media when I was here. With with. Uh, You know, the wins, everybody's high. Yeah, of course you want to talk. You want to talk about how great the game was and how good you did and all the rest of that. But when you lose, you you know, people want answers. People want to know what happened. You you know, do you think you played good? Do you think you played bad? Do you think, you know, what were the mistakes that happened uh, that caused you to lose? And um, that's your job to kind of ask those questions, it's our job to describe them, and then it's up to you guys to dissect it and spin it the way you want it, whether it's positive or negative. Well, since your playing career has ended, you've uh, gotten some accolades. Uh, You're a Hockey
0: Hall of Famer. You're now in the management side. Is this kind of the plan that you uh, thought you had in
2: place maybe when you played? Yeah, I was always interested in it. I wanted to, uh, you know see how it went and and you know unfortunately because i had such a, when i got hurt I, I, with my contract i needed to go uh, the league asked me to go work in player safety and and that was a great experience and then once my contract was up uh, uh hitched on with with dale and and uh down with florida so it's been a great learning experience under him he's got uh, tremendous amount of experience and uh, is fun to work with and uh And we have a lot of laughs, uh, but we do a lot of, uh, we have a lot of hard conversations, which you need to do at that level. And, um, you know, we try not to take ourselves too serious. I think sometimes it's big business and and there's difficult discussions and difficult decisions that need to be made. But uh, in those moments when you can have a little bit of fun, we try to do that.
0: Uh, Is it ironic in any way that you went and worked in player safety and you were one of the more vicious players in this league. And I I don't want to say dirty, you were competitive. Thank you. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Your reputation precedes you. Yes. Uh, Yeah, you know, I I think... But there's a difference between dirty and competitive, right? Correct. Correct. And, you know, there's a lot of gray areas in the rule book, and it's about finding the darkest color of gray to use. And, um, you know, it it was a great experience. And and to be on that side of it and, and see the trends in the game, you know, you're tracking every game and you're seeing um, where the game is headed and you're seeing how teams are playing and you're you're you know, you're you're watching all 30 31 teams and you're like, "Oh, okay, this I get it now." You know, you're seeing okay, when you make a rule change, you see what happens when you make that rule change, the cause and effect. And you're able to really track trends and I you know, I I believe it helped me in how I watch the game and how I break things down and 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 look for those little trends and look for idiosyncrasies in in players games and in teams games that that may be able to help us Uh,
0: last question for chris pronger the hockey hall of famer
2: joining us former former fire
0: as well um where do you feel the game is now Uh, there's a lot of skill there's a ton of speed there's a little less physicality there's a lot less fighting but where do you think it is right now
2: yeah i think the game's in a good place i think you know i think everyone would like to see a little bit more passion in the games sometimes. But I think a byproduct of that is the Titan schedule and in how many games are crammed together with the bye week, the all-star break, and, and a lot of days off, either early in the year. Everything gets kind of pushed to the back end of the schedule, and, and you get a lot of 16 games in 30 days or 15 in and 30. And, and that's a lot of games. And and it puts a, a lot of pressure on players and, and taxes them. So I understand the from the energy and the the emotion side of it. It's hard. 82 games, and and when you have 50 games packed into the back end of the schedule, it can be difficult. But uh, you know, I think the game's in good place. I have see, I've seen some great games this year, where uh, where it's been physical, where it's been battle of Alberta, very very competitive. And and uh, you know, I think you look at the skill, as you said, the speed of the players now, from line one to line four, the first defense, to the seventh defense, and all the rest of that you know the the skill in the league has never been higher so it, it's uh, you know i think the game's in a good spot
0: well chris congratulations on all the accolades you've gotten i know flyer fans love hearing from you best of luck to you going in the future and thanks for doing this thank you well always a great guy to talk to never a shortage of things to say chris pronger thanks to him for joining us here on flyers daily all right game tonight flyers taking on the islanders Another big game on the board for the Flyers tonight. We'll see how it plays out and see if they can get another two points in the standings against a team they are competing with for not only wild card, but top three spots in the division. So everybody, do me a favor. Thanks for listening to to Flyers Daily and enjoy your hockey tonight.